Hello and what's this week's Devil in the Detail podcast? I'm Rob Paxson and I'm here talking all things. So for a Devil's joining me the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. It's getting cold, mate, getting busy. Well, it's not too bad yet, you big softy. It's, it's, it's already all, isn't it, boy? <laughs> yeah, we're busy, mate. It's, uh, it's the mileage with us, all travelling about and what have you, from here to Liverpool and then back to Manchester and all over the show. But no, I'm doing all right, though, mate, doing okay. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the show, really. I've not spoken to you for a couple of weeks, so looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? I've been looking at the news mm. and the snow's coming. I bet you're rubbing your hands with delight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can't wait, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every day's a busy day, isn't it? So, so yeah, that pays the bills, doesn't it? It pays for me. Renewed my season ticket last week, so it's paying for that. So, we're getting plenty of overtime in, because the season will be here sooner rather than later. But mm. I am looking forward to a bit of, of a break from Solver. But just finishing work tonight, and I had a few texts saying, to check your emails. <laughs> mm. So, no, life's never dull being a Solver supporter, is it? So, after a, a day at work, there's, there's a load of other stuff to, to read and get to grips with. But I'm sure I'm sure we'll be all right. Yeah, but we love it, don't we? We love the, the drama. Yeah. Something to think about. Keeps us going, doesn't it? Uh, I wouldn't say love it. I just like <laughs> an easy life sometimes, Rob. But... Uh, Pat and parcel of it, mate, and you just got to get on with it. Indeed, indeed. Also joining us, we've got Paul Parkin. Have you recovered fully now, Parkin? See you've uh, dis- thrown away the eye patch. That's it, fully recovered, unfortunately. Still, still a bit in the air, but it's yeah, I can see. That's that's a bonus, I suppose. Although I don't know, depends on what I'm, what I'm reading half the time. Yeah, no, it's it's gone okay-ish. I was back there last week at the eye hospital. They they've had a look. It's there's still a little bit of an issue there, but. Uh, it's better than it was, and that's all I can ask for. As long as it don't go any worse, I'm, I'm, I'm winning. Yeah, that's all that matters, obviously, with everything going on. It's uh, important, obviously, you need to, to get them fixed. Yeah, yeah, like you say, there's that much going on. Yeah, I keep I'm reading social media and things like that, just trying to keep up with what's happening. I can't lose, can't lose my sight now. Although, again, I don't know, maybe, maybe it might be a blessing. I don't, I don't know. No, it's, it's going to be a, a long, long off-season, I think, but an interesting one, and and keep us talking because it's never dull, is it? No, I tell you, from what we've read today, it made my eyes water. That's for sure. Good news, more good news. Last week we talked about our shortlisting in the Independent Podcast Awards because we made the shortlist in the Independent Podcast Awards. We were invited to another podcast awards, the Sports Podcast Awards. Brief one hundred and one about the world of podcasting. There's three big podcasting awards is the british british podcasting awards which is basically all the big bbc podcast audio always all the big mega big mega companies that do podcasts get together do the british 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 podcast awards then you've got the independent podcast awards which what we've been shortlisted in which is independent podcast basically like us three lads in a laptop everyone gets together and obviously like <laughs> you say there's categories and people win this third one is called the Sports Podcast Awards, which is basically a mix of the big boys, Audio Always, BBC, lots of other big podcasting companies, and independent podcasters like us. So we have been asked to apply to go on the, the Sports Podcast Awards in Best Rugby Podcast 2023. So we're up against some serious competition. The the Super League podcast, one with Matt Fanagan, Will... Is it Perry? Yeah. And um, not just rugby league, it's rugby union as well. So you've got uh, Ready Steady Rook as well. So we're in the mix with all them. The flip side of that is, like you say, they're massive, like mm. corporate. They've got social media people. They've got podcasting making people. We're just who we are. So basically, apply. We send our highlights. I did last time. 
and we get put in a mix. And there's like a fan vote is one of the rounds we have to go through. So that I think that's like a December time. So if we get there, really hope that our listeners vote for us and get the families to vote for them, vote for us as well. And hopefully, if we get through to the final, which will be January, February time, uh, you never know. You never know what might happen, Parker. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time listening to many podcasts, but I do catch quite a bit. Obviously, the rugby league ones you generally do, but I, I have heard a couple of the rugby union ones as well. And they're actually, I mean, they're far more interesting than the sport itself, mm. which is amazing. I don't know how they make it sound good, but they, but they have like ex-players, ex-internationals doing the yeah. show and things like that. And you're like... Wow, to be competing with that is is something else. Just but then just to be asked to do it, to, to be asked to be put ourselves forward is a it's decent, isn't it? I mean, we do. Who are we really? These we're going up against the real big boys, Dave Woods at BBC and yeah. people, people like that, professionals who are paid to do this. So yeah, just to be involved, it's it's, it's good fun, isn't it? What have we got to lose? Absolutely nothing. Nope. Obviously, we love doing it all, don't we? Paul and being in these competitions shows how far we've come as a podcast. Yeah, I think you've just got to believe in yourself, haven't you, really, when you're going up against some of these big guys. I think we're confident in what we do, and if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But just going off what Parkey said, I don't think I could listen to a Rugby Union podcast. I think I'd rather uh, decorate my spare room than do something like that. But, uh, but no, like I said, it's nice to be... to. To be mentioned, isn't it? And uh, like Pike said, we've got nothing to lose, have we? So where people like it and, and, and vote for us and whatever, then then yeah, let's let's uh, let's go for it. Yeah, well, super exciting times. We'll keep our listeners up to date what the situation is, and we'll see how far we go. So lots to go on at this week's uh, show. We'll look back at both uh, the men's and the ladies and the PDRL teams. They were in action. Final games of their season. All the big news of the week, including the the Brody Dro- uh, Brody Croft. Uh, news that just dropped. And then we've got Player of the Year. Park exciting times, that obviously, with our list involved. Uh, and we'll see you out, who comes out on top. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When you, like, say you look back through a season and you have your own ideas of who you thought was the best player or the best few players that you've seen all year. You actually look at who people voted for for Man of the Match each week and how many votes each player got and everything. It's, it, it tells a different story sometimes. There are some players that... You'd be you'd be surprised about they got quite quite highly ranked. So, but yeah, always interesting and always nice to give awards out. Yep. So what we'll do? We'll start with the final games of the season. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So we'll start with Paul Rowley's men. The final game of their season was Catalan Dragons at home. They went down to defeat. Eight points to 19. Defeat meant we didn't make the playoffs. Paul, disappointing. But obviously we needed a favour off Huddersfield, which didn't come. Yeah, well, we needed to do our job first, didn't we? And I don't think we did. I think it was. I think I said it match was a bit of a bridge too far for us, really. To be honest, I mean, I wasn't that impressed with Catalan. I thought we, I thought we did all right in that game. I thought we was in it when we got to to eight points apiece. I thought there was a sort of a ten minute spell there where where I thought we had Catalan on the ropes. And we just couldn't score, and we were struggling there. We was down. I don't think we had a, a very big bench. I think we was down on players as well, really, and and we couldn't get any advantage against them. And they came back, and you know, you look at the pack of the forwards they got. We just couldn't hold them in the end there, and they did just just uh, went through us. And 
I thought it was a really brave effort, a really brave performance from from the Salford players, but just just come up a bit short, really. Probably the story of the back end of the season, really, if I'm honest. But no, I, I think the effort was fantastic in that game, and we just come up short by by a better side. They, they were going for top of the table, so there was no shame in that at all. And Warrington beat Huddersfield, so it was the end the end of our playoff bid. But I wasn't that disappointed, really. I didn't expect us to. I didn't expect us to win and I didn't expect Warrington to get beat, really. But disappointing to miss that top six, but I think we were, we were running out of, of troops, really, weren't we? And I think in the top six, we'd have probably struggled anyway. Yeah. Parky for me, too many errors. Couldn't get out to get near the cat on our line. When we did, we looked dangerous. But I suppose, like Paul said, story of our season, really. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything Paul said there about, uh, about the... I thought both teams were very... Very bitter. Very, and what I will say is, and I said it at the game, was we, we did it a couple of times this year when we played teams below us that we thought we were going to beat and be comfortable. We simply dropped our standards to their level. And mm. I feel that Catalan did that with us because we weren't great and they, they were awful. That was probably the worst Catalan performance I've seen all year. Their discipline was poor. Uh, but the whole game, it just seemed... A non-event. It felt a bit pre-season-ish, to be fair. Mm. I know people were listening for scores and we knew things weren't going our way, but it, still, you, you try and go out last game of the season with a bang and it, it, it whimpered along. I know it doesn't help and there's no opposing fans there to, to create and help create the atmosphere, but I just thought the whole game seemed to just drag on. Drag on, yeah. But we were... Well, I, I, we just weren't... Like Paul said, we were just... We looked burnt out. We looked like... There's no lack of effort there. I'm not going to knock the lads for that. They they didn't give up. They didn't throw the towel in. But just no bodies. And, and the ones that were out there looked tired. There was injuries. It, it, yeah, the season's just... It had to come to an end for us, unfortunately. And like you say, what what good was would it have been for us to, to have to travel to Saints last weekend? No good, is it? We, we'd have had no players fit because I think we lost Watkins and Helliwell at the end of the game as well. We, me, I think one of us had been getting a call up. It was that it had been that rough. So I'm not knocking the lads. It was a, just a poor game, poor performance, especially after the excitement of the Warrington game the week before. We were all buzzing. We we're all what what one of the best games we've seen all year, and then followed up with that. But it, it was what it was, and, and Paul's right. It summed up our season very much. We've been up and down. We've had good days. We've had bad days. But I'll never I'll never criticise the effort from any of the lads. I think they, they they really put it in this year with low numbers, really low numbers, and and. and like you say, you have players on the bench that aren't even playing. They're in there just to fill a shirt. It's it's difficult. But a lot of, a lot of players did a lot of big minutes. A big pat on the back to them. And they did as much as they could. And to finish seventh, let's not take away that's that's a mighty effort mm. to finish above clubs like Leeds and Hall and Huddersfield with the resource that they had. We should have been. If you look at the squads on paper and, and numbers and so on, we should have been down with Cass and Waker, and we were we were nowhere near them. So. But full of praise for the lads, really. We, a little bit of luck at halfway through the season with a few home games where things didn't go our way. We could have easily made that top six, top four, maybe. But that's the way it goes. I'm, I'm not overly disappointed. We've just missed out, and that's that's credit to everybody involved. Yeah, Ben Helliwell with the only score. Paul, like Parky said, seventh place finish with all the things going on behind the scenes and on the field, all the drama. But Paul Raleigh managed to keep his team together, keep the club together and steer us to narrowly miss the playoffs. Yeah, well, I think if we'd have finished six, 
we'd have gone to Catalan, wouldn't we? Because Catalan would have finished mm-hmm. below Saints, so it'd have been right. it'd have been that way around for us. So that that'd have been a task in itself. So so yeah, he's done a great job, I think, this season, Paul Rule. I mean, it, it's been. I think all the players have, have done a good job. It's been a really small squad, and you just mentioned the guy there, Ben Ellie. Well, he's probably not the biggest. He's probably not the best player in the league, but he's 100% effort every week. And that's all you can ask for. And I think we've got a lot of players like that. And there's only so much you, you can do, isn't there? There's, there's, there's obviously sides in there who've got better players than, than, than what we've got, particularly in the forwards as well. We're struggling in the, in the pack department. But I thought we, we we put it in. I think the effort's been there. I think we've narrowly missed out. Like Parker said, in, in certain home games, we've been a bit unlucky. I don't think you compare us to Lee. You look at them; they've probably got a similar, similar sort of size squad to us, but they've relatively gone through the season without loads of major injury problems. Kept the spine of the team fully fit, and if that had happened to us, you probably would have seen us up there in fourth or fifth, where Okar have been. Okar, another side who probably done well with, with with injuries and things like that. So you've got a small squad, and you you're getting players out. It's difficult, and we have had people out for long periods of time, haven't we? So I thought a seventh place finish was uh, was really admirable, to be honest with you. To finish above Old, finish above Leeds, Huddersfield as well. I thought it was a really, really, really good effort this season, and something to to build on, hopefully. Yeah, looking at the stats, top tacklers: Callum Watkins, forty-three; Brodie Croft, twenty-four; Jack Armadroy, twenty-three; Brad Singleton, thirty-two; Sam Stone, thirty-seven; Oliver Pattinson, forty-eight; Amy Borough, thirty-three. Parker. Wow, some big numbers there. I mean, Callum Watkins. Yeah, yeah I, anyone who listens knows what I think of Carl. I just, I adore the man. I think he's an absolute superstar. And Ollie Partington, late forties in tackles. I mean, that's that's. That's a real effort. That mm. takes a lot out of a player because obviously he has to do a lot of work going forward with the ball as well. So, uh, tremendous, tremendous effort. A lot of tackles there. And we did. We did to do a lot of defending again because, sadly, ball handling was was off. We just, timing was wrong. There was some silly offloads again. First and second tackle that don't need to happen. But that's the way we play and we live and die by the sword, don't we? So, no, good effort from, from the lads there. A lot, lot of good tackling. Yeah, top meter makers, Ken Seo, 94, Oliver Parkinson, 80, Dion Cross, 107, and Brody Cross, 76, Paul. Tell you what, it's not as many as that guy at Ulke I did, that Mikey Lewis, I saw his stats, I think he did 300 metres in hey. that game against Wakefield when they played, so he, he did some metres, must have run out car park. <laughs> no, just, just to go back to the tackles, I mean, again, I think I must have said it half a dozen times this season, Brody Croft, how many, 24, far too many. Far too many tackles for Croft, and I think it just shows you the amount of work he's had to do extra covering for. I'm not saying covering for other players, but he's just had to do that amount of work, hasn't he? Just because we're low on numbers, low on substitutions, and people coming off the bench. And I think he's worked his socks off Croft this season. And a few people said to me, "Oh, he's not been as effective." He still put his hand up every week, and his effort he's through the roof. So no, I think he's had a, a real top season. He's just not been allowed to do all the flashy stuff because he's been too busy doing the spade work. So no, big numbers there, big meters and uh, big tackles. It was a big effort, but for me, again, we say the story of the season. A lot of mistakes. I know Rob, you mentioned about that the way we play this roller ball and that. For one reason, it's not come off this season. Really, whereas mm-hmm. last season, I can think of like the last half a dozen games last year, we were going into matches. Not thinking about winning the game, but thinking of how many we were going to win by. We went to Cass, and we absolutely smashed them, and it was like, we, we, we looked unbeatable at times. And then there this season, that's not really been there, and I can't quite put my finger on it. I think timing has been has been one thing. Teams have been reading us and things like that. So, Paul Rose is a good coach, I think, for next season. 
probably got to change things around a bit and, and, and make teams think about what we're going to do and, and, and change some of our attacking prowess, really. Yeah. How do you change Rowley Ball, though? That's the question, isn't it? Because, obviously, he has his forwards there that aren't massive because he needs them to be mobile to be able to move around the field and support uh, the, the attack. Um, but our big problem is... We don't make big meters, do we? So to get big meters, you need big forwards. But big forwards, you lose your mobility. So does he have to change rally ball to to go to the next to the next level? Well, I think a lot of that that, that poor rally ball was he used to do a lot of it at Lee when he was first at Lee was to move the ball quickly mm-hmm. uh, in the tackle count. And if you're going to do that, that ball's got a stick. You, you can't be making mistakes. And there's certain players in Salty, I won't name them, but there's certain players in our outside backs who make far too many mistakes and average far too many mistakes a game. So you've got to clean that up. Perhaps we've got to change some of the moves around that we do. There's a few moves that we do that teams seem to read now. We seem to get read really easily. I thought we tried a few things in that game. Ryan Briley comes around the back. Teams are reading that now. So you've got to go for fresh stuff. You've got to change things around. But I've said it before, and you, you two have said it, you can't win rugby league matches without forwards, mm. and you, you need that pack. You can't build anything. Somebody shouted behind me on Friday, last Friday against Catalan, move the ball, do this, do that. And I thought, it's all right saying that from the crowd, but you, you've got to earn the right to move the ball. You can't chuck the ball out the island globe trotters. You've got the forwards, you've got to do the, the work first. You've got to get into that advantage zone, that 20 zone, then, then start moving the ball. You can't start throwing the ball around your own 20. Because you're going to get tagged and get caught. So it's, it is difficult, and it's difficult with the resources that we've got. Parks, Parker, how do we well, change Rally Ball? Rally Ball 2.0. For me, the, the, the perfect example is, is Saints. They've played that way for 20, 30 years. You never know what to expect from them. They've got big forwards, but it's how you use them and how they, how they play. And they can all play the game, they, they can all use the hands. That's the example we've got to follow. I know Paul Paul Rowe is a massive fan of Saints. He says that's, that's the, the the team to you've got to emulate if you're going to be champions. You've got to play their way. Everything they do is is perfect. They they know obviously when to give penalties away. They're very good at that. Mm. But yeah, I think I think Saints they they turn their way into a game, and then like half an hour, twenty minutes to go, that's when they'll switch on. That's when they'll do because they've dominated. They've snuffed out everything you've got, and that's again mainly through their forwards doing that work. Now, they've got, they have got a big pack, but they've also got a very versatile pack, a lot of players who, who are brilliant with the ball in hand, and that's where you've got to get to. It's very difficult. We, we're not talking St. Helens money, we're not, and we're not going to have an academy like St. Helens bring these players through. But that's the way you've got to go if we're going to stick to playing this way. If not, how do you change it? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. It's, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I love it when it comes off. I think it's brilliant, so exciting. Would we have beat Warrington two weeks ago not being that team? We'd have just drove in and set up for a drop goal. Mm. But we didn't. We kept the ball alive because that's who we are. Singleton to Lafayette to Burgess, Stone, try. Teams don't try that. You know, it's in our DNA now. It was even pre-Paul Rowley slightly. I remember the going back to the Challenge Cup run in 2020 when... We beat Catalan in Golden Point and we did the same thing then. It, it was always in us, I think. So I don't really want us to change. I just want, and it, it can't happen because financially we can't do it, but we need slightly better quality. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, going to be interesting to see what happens in the off-season uh, with uh, everything going on at the moment, but we'll come to that in a bit. Let's move on to the PDRL 
team. They were in action this weekend uh, in Sheffield. They play they played Hull FC and Hull KR. Went down to defeat in both games, 18 points to six. But really, Parker, it's a competition, but it's about having fun. And, and the lads and lasses there did. It is, but it, I mean, it's also about progression again, like like all our teams. We, as a club, it's like two years ago, we started from scratch. We went restart and just went, right, we're having all these teams and this is what we're going to do. And we've got them all. But it is, it is about having fun. Of course it is. But it's about being involved and being part of the club. And, and that that's that's exactly what we want. But uh, I'm sure that the, the two whole sides, I mean, whole and rugby are synonymous, aren't they? So they'll have lots of options, lots of players probably that can come in and change and so on. And we, again, like in everything, we're limited in numbers. So it's a massive effort from them. And I'm just delighted that we're involved in all this and we have got this this option. And, and hopefully in the future it can grow by word of mouth that it is there, it's something for people to get involved with. It's one thing that we say, said a thousand times, that the club don't do enough is shout about the good things we do. Uh, and this is just another one of them. And I, I'm delighted I did read about it and they all look to have a, a great time the other day. So, yeah, no, full of, full of praise from and I hope it carries on next year and maybe get a festival down at the, at the stadium. Yeah. Two tries from birthday boy Tom Crawford, one goal from Sean Robinson and one goal from Ben Heffernan. Paul, like Parkey said, great performance throughout the season. These, these, this team has been all over the country playing in different uh, festivals and in representing the shirt, representing the club. We thank them for their efforts. They've been brilliant. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's all about enjoying the rugby league and, and coming together as a team. And I think you probably find everybody in that team's made new friends and they've progressed forward. And, and enjoy themselves and that's what it's all about another season under their belts and I'm sure next season can't come quick enough for them they'll be counting the days won't they to, to next year and and yeah they, I think they've been a credit to the club I think over and above all that that's what it's all about and they're representing that 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 shirt that's something I've never done so I, I'd love to to, be able to represent Salford so they're doing a tremendous job and I had a great 2023 and I'm sure they'll progress and do even better in 2024 yeah, so let's move on to our ladies, Parky. They were in playoff semi-final action a couple of weeks ago. They faced Lee, but went down to defeat, 26 points to 10. Battle in display from Chris Bates' ladies, but unfortunately not able to get the win. Yeah, huge effort, it really was. I followed it on Twitter and it was it was neck and neck for a long time. I know Lee got off to a, a decent start and then we came back into it and then at 10 all we thought, I thought well, this this could be it because I know I was they, I think there was a there was an interview done with with the girls a couple of days before and they were really determined and confident that they could go to Lee and get something and that was going to be a massive task because we played Lee through the season and they've got the better of us on on a couple of occasions and they're, they're a decent decent outfit they've got a lot of players and more developed than than we are but no they, they put up a great fight they really did and they. I think the scoreline in the end probably flatters Lee a little bit as to how the game really went. So they were so close, but again, like we said with the the, the learning difficulty and the the the, the, the PDRL and, and everything else, and it, right the way through the club, through the reserves, it's about learning. It's another year of learning. We, we're a new team. A lot of people taking up the game for the first time. I mean, the first season or first few games to get to the playoffs and push one of the bigger teams, if you like. Is a, a massive effort, and I can't wait for next year now to see how far they go. But yeah, they had, they, had, they put up a great performance, and like I said, I don't think the scoreline really ended up reflecting the game. Yeah, it was great. It was a great performance. I just quick run through the, the timeline. Went down four 0 early. 
Um, we had a chance, kick to the corner. I think Lawrence packed the ball back. Alex Simpson picked the ball up, kicked through, and kind of got interfered with, I think, by the winger, wasn't able to grab it. Then Lee went 10-0 up. And at that point, like you, like you said, Parker, I was thinking to myself, we need to dig in here, which they did. Obviously, for the next 15 minutes, a bit of an arm wrestle. And then five minutes before half-time, Salford scored. Lovely try from uh, Vicky Kinney. Lovely assist from Louise Fellenham. Peach of a pass sent Vicky Kinney through a gap to make it 10-6 half-time. Yeah, I, and I think the names you've mentioned there are key. And I, I, I don't know what the situation is for next season. So we, hopefully these, these girls will still be around because they're, they're such an influence on what we do. Louise is he, he, just a fantastic player. The knowledge of the game and the way she plays it. And I think she adds confidence to the team when she's out there. She reads the game really well. So, yeah, no, like I say, well worth trying. And Vicky crashing over with a couple of bodies on her. She did really well to, to ground the ball. Yep. So, Salford had momentum going into half-time. Forced an error from kick-off. And then when Winton scored again, Louise fell and wriggled over to make it 10 all at Paul. And we had the wins in our sails at that point. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And it's always good to get a try at that stage of the game, isn't it? And yeah, it was a, a tough place to go, isn't it? That And like you said, winding yourself, building a bit of momentum as well. You're hopefully going to be back in the game then, aren't you? Yeah. So that point turned into a bit of an arm wrestle. Both sides just trying to find something. And pack in playoff games, there's always moments that turn games. And I, I watched it back on RDTV. And there was three moments where at one point, <laughs> We kicked, I think it was Demi Jones kicked a, a, a high kick. Fullback knocked on, so we got the we got the, the mm. play of the ball. We we drove two, and then we went from the top of the dummy half position, went short side, and Lee didn't read where we were going, and we had like a it must have been like a five on three overlap, and I was thinking just give it, and unfortunately for us, the Lee defender read the play and intercepted, so we were like twenty yards from their line. And, and in that point, they intercepted and they raced away. Helena Walker trapped back, made the tackle. But unfortunately, Lee had that momentum. A couple of tackles later, there was big open spaces on the other side of the field. And Lee crashed over in the corner to make it 16-10. Yeah, you're right. There are there are moments in games, aren't there, that swing it. And, and, and in big games, but obviously far more important, something comes off here and it could go game the other way. If we, I think if we'd have took the lead at that point, yeah. I think that might might have stuffed out a little bit because they'd have thought, well, how do we shape this? Seen it a lot of times with in the game over the years. But I don't know. I suppose at the end of the day, I suppose a little bit more experience in being in them situations, in being in big games, in playoffs, in, and making the right decision is, is, is something, again, we'll learn now. We'll learn from that. That's another massive experience for the girls. Knockout rugby is massively different to, to your league games every week. Uh, you get it wrong this week, you get another shot. They'll, they'll know for next time. Uh, they'll, they'll have watched it back probably and, and, and see what they've done. And something to work on through through the winter now. Um, but yeah, it got, it can so easily go the other way. And um, we crash over there. Who knows? Yeah. So the spirit was still there. We kicked off. Forced an error. We sat on our line for like a couple of sets. Kate Gary and Becky Davis nearly went over in a corner. Ball went down. Lee picked the ball up. Two tackles later. Burst through the line. Another couple of tackles and went over again uh, to sting their lead. And I was thinking that's like a 12-point turnaround. It could have been us. Well, we've said it a lot of times this season, haven't we, in rugby league these days, how, how important momentum is mm. to a team. Once once the team gets on a roll, it's very, very difficult to stop. 
seen it with the obviously the men's game all year. It, it seemed more so than than ever uh, now than going back twenty years. I don't think it was as prevalent as it is now that the team that just scores tends to go forward and score again. Because yeah. um, they always say, I know it's a football thing as well, but you're more vulnerable when you've scored. But I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think once you get on a bit of a roll, and that's that's the problem you've got, then it's stopping it. And yeah, I think missing that chance, it's a little bit heartbreaking. I think perhaps it took the stuffing out of us a little bit more. And that's that's just allowed Lee to get away from us. Yeah, they do say third time's a charm, but it wasn't because Lee turned the ball over again. We sat on their line again. They thought we forced a drop out. They dropped out. We knocked on. Two tackles later, they burst the line, went went 50 yards to score, which killed the game. Yeah, like I say, at that point, you, 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 you're scratching at it. You start becoming a little bit desperate with things and and you will make errors when you're chasing the game. But we just, yeah, we, you just need a bit of luck and a little bit more experience, I think, in them, in them big, big games to take them big moments. And I'm sure next year we'll be, we'll be better off for that. But full credit to Lee. They're a decent side. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago they were challenging at the top of the league. They slipped down to, what, third or fourth in, in the end, I think. And I, I, I think they'll be a threat for, for, the, for the rest of the playoffs. I really do, because they've got some really good players, real talent inside. So, but there's no no disgrace for us. And like I say, I think the scoreline doesn't reflect the game because one incident has has really turned the game in their favour, and it could have so easily gone in our favour. Yeah, Paul. Another day it could have been ours. Our ladies' tremendous defensive effort at, at times, wholehearted performance. They've been on this journey into the into the Super League, and all you can ask for is, is heart and commitment to the cause, and that's what they gave us. Uh, we've got to say congratulations on getting to that semi final. Like Parky said, they'll learn from this experience and be stronger for it next season. Yeah, I think looking at the, the scoreline and reading the reports and that, the scoreline probably flattered Lee, definitely. But that, that happens in rugby league, doesn't it? You get sucker punch tries and you're attacking, you're putting all your commitment in, a team will go down the other end and score and it changes it round. And what you tend to find is then you become a bit desperate, you give a couple of penalties away and you get a penalty, penalty try, that thing happens and it, and it does. You're trying to book that trend out and get the ball back and, and things like that. So, so yeah, I think they've had a great season again and don't think you can ever question the ladies' effort this season. I think the amount of effort they've put in, in training, let's not forget, they're not full-time professional athletes. They, they they train really tough and they do it tough. And It's another learning curve, isn't it? You play in the playoffs, uh, you're going to take that experience forward. That happens in all types of sport, doesn't it? So I'm pretty sure they're going to learn from that experience and, and be a lot better going forward. But it's another season under the belts as well. Another experienced season. And I think they're improving all the time and they've done tremendously well this year. And again, as we've just mentioned before, representing our wonderful club and, and doing them proud. Yeah, obviously, Park, they've, they've trained hard. I think they started training in, was it October? Because I think they weren't sure when the season started when they started training. So eventually, they got around, the NFL got around to telling them. So I suppose they've learned from that. I suppose Chris Bates uh, and his coaching staff will be planning for next season and, and see what went right and what went wrong. Yeah, I think the, the trouble is it's getting consistency of, of players. I'm trying to put the same team out week in, week out. It, it was virtually impossible this year. Like we mentioned before, some of the girls can't play because they're working. Can't train because they're at work or they've got other commitments. But not just that, we, we lost girls to injury at the start of the year. And I think I think it was like the first four or five games that it, it was a different team every week, probably a different half-back partnership. Different. It, 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 it's difficult. You can't 
you need consistency a little bit. And the same happened with the, the, the men's team. You keep losing players. It feels like you're scrambling every week. So we can get a few more bodies into the team um, for next season. And the experience they've, they've developed this year, they're only going to get better. And I, I, I said I said last year that in a couple of years, I, I did say 2025, so I'm probably a year out, but we, we could easily be in the Super League, as in the first level of that Super League, because there's a lot of talent in that team really good players, natural natural rugby players. And uh, and the other side of it is there's a lot of young people people in that team, young young girls who are who are developing. And I, I think another 12 months under the belt and, and you'll see again more progress. And, and who knows, it could be our time next year. Yeah, it was great also to see uh, Becky Davis play. She's been injured all season, uh, managed to get on the pitch against, uh, against Lee, uh, played very well. Uh, Welsh international, played for Warrington, coached the Ladies Crusaders. Parky, she's been a busy, she's busy off season while she's been uh, getting fit, uh, and I suppose it's great for her to finally get on the pitch after a long season of injuries. Yeah, I noticed uh, on a social media she she said how great it was to be back after like eight months or whatever it was, and I'm sure the next day she wasn't feeling that. I think <laughs> I think she'd have been swearing quite a bit as she tried to walk around. But yeah, it is. And that's it. That's the thing. Experience like that, a player of that quality that we've got in our ranks, but couldn't get out on the park. Not, it's not going to help us at all. But hopefully next year we can have her for a full sort of 12 months. And, and, and who knows? Like I say, a couple more recruits, keep people fit. We could go a long way. Yeah. So that's the review of all the matches uh, last week. And now we'll see what's happening in the world of Soul Red Devils. So we'll start uh, with news of departures. Matty Costello, Reese Williams and James Greenwood depart the club. Paul Costello, good player for us when he when come, when he when he came in to fill in. Obviously he probably wants to further his career somewhere else. Uh, we wish him well. Yeah, I think he's been a good player, Matty Costello. He's been a solid player. Good ground in it St. Helens, played there and come through their team and, and played well in their first team as well. So he, he came from a good background and got a good a lot of good traits about him. Very good attitude, I think, when he's been called upon. And I don't think he's ever let us down. I always think he's played pretty well. He's chipped him with a few tries as well. It's just been unfortunate for him, really, that he's not been able to to tie a place down. You've got two decent players in Dion Cross and Tim Laffey, so it's been difficult for him to push his way into the team. And Tim and uh, Dion have probably played most of the games this season, haven't they? They've not been, been cursed by injuries. So I think he's been a bit unlucky there, Matty Costello. And I think looking at the situation, if we probably had a bit more money, if we were a, a Leeds or a Huddersfield, you'd offer him a new deal, wouldn't you, and, and keep him. But because we're not, and we've not got them funds, you'd probably have to, to say goodbye to a, a really decent player. And I don't think Matty's... He's only about 25, 26, so he's still got good good years ahead of him. So, wish him all the best. I've heard a few rumours he'd be going to Barrow, but I think he could do a good job in Super League, to be honest with you. But, no, he's a good lad. Every time we've spoken to him, he's always been, been good with us as well. So, wish him all the best. Yeah, I like to call him 8 out of 10, Costello Parker, because when he came in, he put in a good performance. Uh, like Paul says, I suppose it's uh, finding a mix in it, really, on for him and for us. And, obviously, he's decided to, to find somewhere else. Yeah, and it has always been difficult. Even before this, the last two seasons, really, he would have had, when he first joined, like Sarge was still here, playing in the centres as well. Cal Watkins was in the centres at that point. He was always going to find it tough to, to break into the to the starting lineup. Uh, there's always been somebody in front of him. But every time he's come in, he's done a job. And that's all you can ask for. And a good, solid player, uh, like Paul said, probably could stick around in Super League. As I, I, I'd have kept him as a squad player if we if we could have afforded it, but obviously that's 
that's you know part of the problem. But I know it's funny, funny you say Barrow because I know the Barrow fans were crying out for him all year. They they absolutely loved him when he was on loan up there not long ago, and they said that if he if he'd have been part of their their setup, they'd been a much better team. So it's obvious he's got this talent and he's got a big fan club up there now. So if he does go back there, I'm sure he'd be a big hit again. And uh, joining up with, I think he's, he's Burke still there and, and Jack Wells, I think they're both up there as well. So, so a bit of an ex Reds uh, reunion, but I wish him well. Another just absolute solid performer for us. And yeah, I hope his career just yeah, blossoms again. Yeah. Also departing is Reese Williams, Paul, another good player for us. Didn't really get concreted into the, into the team, came in when they had injuries, but never let us down. Never ever let us down, Reese Williams. Proper steady Eddie Winger, I thought. Really, really solid attitude as well. Nice fella. And never sulked. He was always there. Very down-to-earth bloke. And will be forever remembered for a fantastic try at Wembley. But I just think he's a really nice fella. Really, really good bloke when we've interviewed him. And he always seemed to come up with a try when he played. No, his try record's really good. Wherever he's been. We look at him at London. I think he'd have his just try a game when he was there. So, real prolific try scorer. And I think he's still got a lot to offer. I, I liked him. I really did. I thought he was quick. He was elusive. He was difficult to tackle. And he was a pretty solid defender as well. Good under the eyeball. So, I think I think he's about 33 and 32, 33. So, he's still probably got time left in him. I did say I had to him on his way out the other week. And I think he's going to be in a fireman. I think he was saying he was going part time next year. So, he's probably not going to stay Super League. But, I think if he does go part-time at the championship side, he'll, he'll, he'll welcome him with open arms because he's a top player, international player as well for Wales. So, a real top player. Sad to see him go. Yeah, I think he's captain of Wales. 55 mm-hmm. appearances for us, Parker. 18 tries. Like I say, you can forget uh, that that try at Wembley. So many other good tries as well. Uh, a really good, neat finisher. But obviously, like you say, five a time catches up with him. Yeah, yeah, the Dragon. He's been yeah, again, like like you say about Costello, probably more so Williams. That he's been, he, he's been, he could have been more. I think he could have been a, yeah, a full time starter for us in, in, if things had gone differently. Yeah, he, he had a turn of pace. He had a step on him. He was quite strong as well, considering his size. But he's yeah, he, he's done really well for us. I didn't realise he was going part time. That some championship club will get. I don't know where he where he lives or whether he's going back to Wales or what. I don't know, but some some Championship club will get a real player there. The experience he'll bring, like Paul said, when he was at London, he was really really good. I remember him playing against us when we went down there, and he, he was their real threat all day. He was he was a right nightmare. But yeah, he's he, he's been great for us. Another another Welsh player that we've had that's that's done us proud. We've had quite a few of them, and again, I'll just wish him well and, and thank him for his efforts because he like he never let us down. Yeah, another departure, James Greenwood. Paul had a few injury hit seasons for us, obviously scored in the Challenge Cup final. Would probably be his, his best memory in a Salford shirt. But yeah, terribly lucky for injuries. Yeah, he scored, I think he scored in every round that season. He scored mm. against Warrington and Catalan as well, if I remember rightly. I remember that. But I feel really sorry for him. In his time at Salford, I, I don't think he's played that many games at all. He's He's always been struggling with injuries and he must be so frustrating for the lad throughout your career to, to be constantly on the sidelines. And you think how that affects somebody mentally when you, you're keyed up to play rugby league and it's your job and you're constantly let down by your body and, and injuries and things like that. So, no, I remember when he first came along and he looked a real solid player, a tall lad, second rower. And I don't think we've seen the best of him, but I don't think that's his fault. I think your body sometimes doesn't doesn't work. You get injuries and things like that. And, 
No, I don't know how his career is going to go now, but I hope it's not the end of his career. I hope he can, he can carry on somewhere else. But no, it was a shame that for him because I was desperate to see him this season. I remember him coming into the side and I thought, oh, great, we're going to get to see a bit of him. And then, then we didn't. He was on the bench a few times. But nobody wants to see people sidelined and that. So I hope he, he gets back to his best. But yeah, be remembered for that red card as well at Huddersfield when Dan Sargent got sent off. <laughs> yeah. I think he was yeah. the, the invisible man for that game, wasn't he? But no... Joking aside, uh, I wish him all the best for the future. Yeah, 14 games, four tries in three years. Parky, obviously, like Paul said, suffered a, a real shocking run with injuries. But obviously, we wish him well. Hopefully, change of scenery uh, will fire up his career again. Yeah, I think I think in total, including all the cup games, didn't he make like 23 games or something in three years? Mm. Plus, we had him alone before that as well. Look, when he played, he looked good. He looked all right. He, he like Paul said, he's a big, Big unit and another back row that we could have could have used at certain times this year. But he has been unlucky. You can't do anything about that. And I think maybe now, if he's just going to carry on playing rugby, I don't know the extent of his injury. I don't really know what his injury has been that's kept him, held him back. But if he does, perhaps going part-time like Reese and, and, and maybe Matty, might, might do him a favour. The, the actual of, uh, rigours of, of full-time rugby league, training every day and playing and Maybe that step down and having part-time rugby might do him a favour, might let, let him come back and, and play more games in the future. So, yeah, again, can't, can't not the lad he put when he played, he put the effort in. Like you say, he scored in the Challenge Cup final. There's not many people done that for Salford. And, yeah, so no, I, I just I just wish we'd have seen more of him. It's been, been a, a waste of talent, really. Yeah, good news. Now, Dion Cross signs contract extension. Paul, two-year deal. For Cross, obviously, coming from Widness, changing from a winger to a centre, opportunity club, gives opportunity and he's took it with both hands. Yeah, I'm not going to say that about contracts because I don't think they make any odds to it at the moment how <laughs> long contracts are. But yeah, I think Dion Cross has been a, been a good player. For us. I think he really came to the fore last season. Real solid player. Coming out of the Championship, I think he's shown, he's improved. I think Paul Rowling and Kurt have really improved him as a player and turned him into a a seasoned Super League player now and a player that's probably one of the first ones on the team sheet every week. He's a very reliable player. I think what you've got with Dion as well is some players are like that. Some players are like, I don't know, they're like rubber. They never seem to get injured and he seems like one of them. He's he's a very versatile player and um, you know, a very solid player as well. He gets knocks and that and he seems to recover pretty quick because he, he never seems to be missing. So, so yeah, I'm pleased that, he, that he's staying as a youngish lad as well. He's got a turn of pace, got a good bit of aggression and he's a decent defender. So, so yeah, I'm sure there's more to come from Dion and I'm sure he's, he wants to improve as well. Yeah, steady Eddie defensively, Parker, pace to burn, solid defender. As well on that side of the field with Callum Watkins and Brody Croft. England Night International, like I said, Opportunity Club gives opportunity two years' time if he keeps up the, the performance and goes up a gear. We could see him as a, a full international. Yeah, I think obviously last year was it was unbelievable. I remember him lining up against Cass that first game and I was like, what, what's going on here? We've got this lad out of the championship as a winger. We don't know anything about him. And he's starting in the centre in a Super League game. What's Rowley lost the plot or what? What's going on? And he, he was. He, Magnificent, and he has got a turn of pace. That, that try he scored at Cass this year, where he, he he made certain players look very very silly when he went around him, which is fantastic. Yeah, he's got he got he has got a, a lot more potential in him, and he he come from nowhere. And the players are there, and players are there in the championship, and he's just proving that. So it's delightful news because there was rumours throughout the year that he was going here, he was going there, he was going to do this. He was, but yeah, he's he's come on leaps and bounds, and he's he just needs more 
players around him, I think, certainly defensively at times, I think the, the, we get exposed a little bit there and he's, he can get caught. But from a winger to a centre, I mean, he doesn't seem that big a job, job, but it is. It's a massive change positionally and everything. He's Everything's had to step up. And uh, yeah, so he's been, he's been a real light for us, only over the last two years. Uh, and I'm sure, I know Paul said about contracts, I, I, I agree, but I'm sure he's not on a massive contract. And you get, you get an England Knights player with all that potential, wrapped up in probably a great deal. So, yeah, we've done really well there to keep hold of it. Yeah, obviously very exciting times. We were able to to keep players like like him, Paul, and obviously we'll talk about other things in, 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 in a minute, but it's a good sign that we kept one. Yeah, he's a good young player. That's what that's what you need. Gone are the days, you go back about a decade or so, we were signing blokes at 32, 33, 34 from other clubs, players at the end of their career, and... You don't need that. You want players that are in the mid-twenties, people like that. You've got Joe Burgess on the other side who's coming towards the peak of his career, really, if he's not in the peak of his career. So I think Dion Crush, you've got a lad there who's, who wants to improve. And if he's played, he's had a taste of that England, England Knights, he's had a taste of that. He'll want to play even better next season and push himself to International Rugby League. And he's, he's decided to do that with Salford and spend the, the peak of his career with us. So, so delighted he's staying. And, 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 and the, like Parky said, I'm convinced of it. I say this to people on Twitter all the time. The players are there in a championship. But you can go looking for people in Super League spending big money like said Warrington and Hull do. But I think the players are there in that championship. I think there's some cracking players. I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of Halifax, a winger who's, who's had a tremendous season. And people like that, are, they, are these the players of the future? So if, we, if we're if we not awash with money and we've got to look down down those divisions, I think the players and the talent's there. So, next bit of news, Parker. Uh, next week for Paul Rowley, he was fined £4,000 for criticising match officials against uh, Sir Ellens. £2,500 was suspended. Obviously, <laughs> we don't have a game without the officials he was frustrated with the way the officials uh, treat our team he had his say uh, and the uh, rugby league put the boot in um, try not to swear mm. it's a joke it's an absolute joke he told the truth that's what he did and they don't like that and it wasn't just the St. Helens game. It was the build-up from the Leeds game, which was the worst refereeing performance I've ever seen. I'm not even joking. I, I can remember it now. I remember listening to the, the phone-in on the way home on the radio and, and people like... There was a, a guy there, Brian, who, who's been watching Salford since 1900 and Bottle Milk, saying the same thing. It was awful. And then we had the Leeds game the week after where Leeds should have had a man at least simbined. We had a try disallowed that could have been a try. And then the Saints game came. And I think by that point, he's just had enough. He's just... Exploded. Strangely enough, Paul Wellens had done the same thing a couple of weeks before. Don't remember his four and a half grand coming out. I'm not. I'm not seeing that. Ian Watson does it every single week, I think, and got a five hundred pound fine. Don't tell me there's nothing going on here. It's a joke. The man, Paul Rowley, is one of the, the probably the the nicest, but one of the most rugby league men I've ever met. He loves rugby league. He talks rugby league. He lives rugby league. He goes. He was at Doncaster the other day for a playoff game that they were involved in. Didn't have to go. They were playing Crusaders. He went because he's got people there, but he wanted to watch rugby. That's what he does. He loves it. And the NFL treat him like this. He could easily walk away, Paul. He doesn't need it. I don't understand what they get out of this. I mean, has the have these has this fine got something to do with the fact that maybe they haven't got enough money in rugby league? Don't know. Don't quote me on that. That might be wrong, but. Are they trying to rake back a bit of money off people? Because four and a half grand for saying 
the referee was terrible, we're on the wrong end of these decisions. So he's not swore at anyone. He's not being racist, sexist, fascist. He, he's not brought the game into disrepute. Where have they got this fine from? Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The comments, I thought, Paul, were just delivered cold. I think, obviously, when you see coaches that get angry, they're normally fuming, they're normally shouting, they're normally arms are waving about. But Paul Rowley just delivered them cold. It was just, there was no anger in his voice. He was just, this is the point I'm making. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And I think delivering it like that made more of an impact than him shouting at the top of his voice. Well, I don't understand what the RFL want people to do. What do you want him to come out and say? He's being honest. What do you want him to say? I mean, it's not football. I mean, rugby league, I tell you what, we see Paul Rowley every week and these and other coaches and he's totally different to football. Imagine that in football, someone like Neil Warnock coming out, you'd be swearing and all sorts. And rugby league's not like that. The coaches, that to me, all the coaches, they stay really, really calm and I don't know how they do it. Uh, Paul Rowley's definitely one of them. But, I don't understand what they want people to say. I mean, you've got to come out. They, they want you to say something. So you come out and, and tell the honest truth and you get fined four grand. I mean, it might be controversial saying this here. I'm not bothered if I upset people, but that Derek Bowman at Lee, who I don't know him personally and I don't care, but he's come out and said something this week after the match. Is he going to get fined four grand? Because he brought the game into disrepute, talking about conspiracy theories and all sorts. So that stuff, yeah, I don't agree with, but that's his opinion. But Paul Roll is not, like Paggy said, he's not said anything homophobic, he's not said anything racist, he's not said anything about women or, or men or you name it, whatever. He's just come out and said the truth after the game and gets fined four grand. That To me, when a team's struggling as well for money, like we are a club struggling for, for money, is it like the RFL have gone, let's kick them as hard as we can. Let's kick them as hard as they can while they're down. And th- that's just how I see it. I think it's a, it's a joke. And, and like Paul said about Paul Wellens, these people at other clubs seem to be able to get away with stuff and, and say what they want. Oh, that, and, and like the, the matches are refereed different. I think you, you say Ellen's game, I've seen it on Sky. When I say Ellen's player comes up with a big hit, oh, it's a great hit, that is brilliant. Solver player does it, what's well, a dangerous tackle, that. All right, okay. It, it, it. You watch Sky Sports and Sky Sports rule rugby league. They referee rugby league, they control what goes on. I don't care what anybody says. And in the game, I think it's becoming corrupt. I really do. I think you could do a whole podcast on this, but it's, there's definitely a lot of level playing field in rugby league, and there hasn't been for a long time. The less said that about that, the better. But I just, I just felt sorry for Paul Roller because uh, I didn't think he deserved that. You've both gone full tinfoil conspiracy theory today. Not just Parky. Expect Parky, but not you, Paul. No, it's not conspiracy theory. It's just. You just get annoyed by things because the the game is. We'll probably talk about it shortly when we go about other stuff, but the the game for me, particularly in this country, it's in the wrong light all the time for negative stuff. I was saying to you before about how I enjoyed listening to the Aussie rugby at the weekend, and I just think their game is so much better than ours because ours is just negative stuff all the time coming out of it. And you look, you read people's stuff on Twitter and Facebook, and that, and all these people do is moan about the sport. People just moan about everything. And they have a right to moan because they're complaining about things. And don't people in charge of the sport look at that and think, God, people aren't happy. People aren't happy with this. We just banned that Paul Vaughan for four matches. What's, what's he done? Lifted somebody up. It's like they're constantly trying to get the people who love the game and support the game. Let's make it as as we can for them and ban people and upset the supporters. We're the, we're the people who are, who are paying for it. 
who were paying to watch it. And you're making it a misery for us half the time. So I don't know. Rugby league never used to be this negative. Not when I was a kid anyway, but it, it seems to be that way now. And we're trying to grow the sport out with this IMG and what have you. So I don't know. It just gets on my goat sometimes, Rob. I'm going to chuck in my own conspiracy that the RFL is run by lizard men. Just throwing it in there. Might as well be the, the same kind of uh, level that you two are at tonight, Parker. Oh, apologies. <laughs> well, I, 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 look, I've probably always said how I feel about the RFL and the people who run it. I think it's a joke. I think they're just run by amateurs. Absolutely. The sport is is a magnificent product. But every year they bring in a new rule or they change something or something else isn't right or we need this, we need them bands towards the end of the year when players were getting banned for virtually nothing. We paid to see the best players. There's not that many of them around. We paid to see these players play. And they're just banning them. You're like, well, what, what for? But they don't ban them all. They ban certain ones. And you go, well, how is that different to what he's done? So, there's no consistency in rugby league from, from refereeing, from, from the, the top down. And that's the problem. And there are a lot of really, really amazing people involved in rugby league. Great people, amateur level, right the way through who just get treated so poorly. And you wonder why people don't turn up, why people don't watch it. Why don't people turn up at international games when the Rugby Union get 80,000? We can't get 7,000 at Lee or something like that for an international. Why, why is that? Because it's done wrong. It's done badly. It's not promoted. Everything to do with the game from the top is, is wrong and has been for years. And I thought IMG were coming in to sort this. And as Paul said, we'll go on to talk about the next thing shortly. Nothing is changing. And in fact, it, well, it possibly is, but it's getting worse. These people need to just butt out of the game and let the game run itself. Yeah. So Paul Rowley probably went to bed at that point, woke up in the morning to the good news that he'd been nominated for Super League Coach of the Year, Parker. Matty Pete, Steve McNamara and Adrian Lamp also in the mix. Congratulations on his, his nomination for everyone on the, on the podcast. Well deserving, obviously, keeping our season going with all the madness that was going on all round, with injuries, small squad, just missing out on the playoffs. Shows what he's capable of. Listen, there was an outcry, wasn't there, on social media? I do get the, the, the OKR fans' point about Willie Peters. Should be in there, absolutely. Came through a, a horrible period in the middle of the season. Gone to a cup final. Got him into the the last four of the of the league season. Brilliant. Well done to him. People have gone on about why has Paul Rowley been there. You've just outlined reasons why he is. His job is harder, I would say, than anybody else's in Super League, perhaps barring Applegarth at, at, at Waker for what he had to do this season. He has fought fires everywhere, from, from not having enough players at the start of the year to losing players through the year to going through the whole funding thing where we, we, we ask people to buy shares to get money to get to try and keep in all the Tyler Dupree or getting the best out of him whilst whilst he was here try and keep the squad happy and what he does do and this is my thing about coaches it's easy to give someone play, uh, manager of the year when you've won the league or something like that if, I, if I'm coaching Salins or if I'm coaching Catalan Dragons I'd expect to be in the top three this year looking at them squads I would say at the start of the year you'd go yeah they'll be in the top three then and they're in the top three. Well, where's the, where's the shot? What what Paul Rowley does, and does really well, and this is a mark of any coach and manager for me, is he makes players better. How many players come to Salford and get better and move on? Lots. How many players join Warrington and get worse? Join Leeds, get worse. Join Hulk, get worse. Because they're not coached at the same level that Paul Rowley can do. 
That's why Paul Rowley's been picked for this award. Because he is he, he was one win, really, away from being in the top six. That, that's how close we were. Let's not we finished seventh, let's not forget that how close we actually were through a really tough season. And his job's not going to get any easier, let's be honest. But I can't sing the praises of Paul Rowley enough for what, what he's achieved. And he, rightly so, he's been selected as one of the coaches of the year. However, I do think him, Peters and Lamb should be the top three for what they achieved with the squads they've got and the money they're allowed to spend. Yeah, Parkin touting himself one of the top jobs. Uh, Paul, there, if, if we don't see a headline, Paul Parkin, in for top job in the series about rugby league or anything like that, a website, they're not knowing it right, I, I don't think. But seriously, um, I think the problem with Paul Rowley uh, getting this, winning this award is the likes of Adrian Lamb won an award. Matty P and Steve McNamara are in contention for one. They want a headline. They want a, a winner to win it. So it'd be in, it. It would be great for for us and for him. But I just I can just see him picking one of them three. Yeah, I think the coach of the year really should should go to the the coach that's. It's like the Man of Steel. He should go to the person that's had the most influence mm. on on that side. And Paul Rowley, I mean, I, I like the metaphors and stuff like that. It's like say you're digging a channel tunnel or something. Paul Rowley's doing it with his bare hands. Matty Pete and people like Steve McNamara have got a load of diggers there and a load of machinery to do it. He's doing it with his hands, really. He's not got the tools that they've got and all the all the diggers and equipment they've got. Oh, I do like a metaphor. But uh, <laughs> that's how I look at things. And when you look at that, that Willie Peters, how he's not got in. He's took a side to Wembley. They've got beat in the Challenge Cup and, and got beat quite an heartbreaking defeat, really. A bit like Wakefield was in 68 against Leeds. A last-minute kick through and someone scored. He misses a kick from one of the goals. He's like a real heartbreaker. And then he's worked... Work now. They've won five games on spin since then, and they finished fourth in the table. So he's turned them round. So that, that to me, takes a lot of man management as well. And I think that's what Paul Rowley's got in spades. The way he can man manage those lads every week, the amount of injuries that they've got, lift them up again for next week. That takes a lot. That someone like Matty Pete. No, no disrespect to Matty Pete. Pete might have about six to twelve staff with him as well, working with him. Paul Rowley's got Kurt Agassi and and Kristen Inu. There's not many people there. I think. You look at Ulkar, I don't think they're, they're awash with people, but they've probably got a lot more staff than what we've got. So, and Lee, I mean, look at Lee Leopards. I mean, that Neil Dukes is there. I think they've got a few other people there with them. I can't remember that lad who was at Tony Club is there, who was at Wigan. They've, they've probably got a, half a dozen people. So, so yeah, I think, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with Adrian Lamb getting it. I think he's done a tremendous job at Lee. Nobody, we can all be honest now and say, I didn't expect Lee to finish in the top six, really. I mean, I thought they might do all right. I mean, most people said they would hardly win a game. So they've they've almost got in the top four and, and won the cup. So I think they've had a great season. So I wouldn't have an argument with that. Matty Pete's done a decent job, but coach of the year, I, I don't know. It's, I'm sure whoever gets it will, will well deserve it. But I think Paul really deserves to be in there. But like we said before, I think I'd have had Willie Peters in there as well. Yeah, maddest thing is, if he does win, then Park is going to have to glad hand all the RFL officials that find him yesterday. And that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, right, look, I, I don't, I don't for one minute think he'll win it. I don't. I really don't. I think it will go to whoever wins the grand final. Even though it probably should be Adrian Lamb out of the ones that are in it. I, I like Matty Pete. I really do. Even though he's a Wigan coach, which it's hard to do. He, he's making Wigan quite likable. He's, he's a nice bloke. He talks a game, uh, and he's done. He's doing okay with the team. 
And Steve McNamara at Catalan, I mean, he's had long enough to build that team. He's had enough money to spend on that team. He's got enough overseas players in that team. I'm not sure he developed the French game that much in his time over there, but that's, again, that's another problem. But like Paul said, he's got everything in his, his hands to, to be able to do that job. And Paul Rowley has nothing. Didn't even have proper training ground. He has, a, he has a training ground where your winger falls down a hole. What he's dealing with week in, week out. I'm delighted for Paul to be in there, but I, I can't see him winning it. But it's, it's just nice that, again, the end of the season's come around and we've got somebody in for an award. Yeah. Other news, it was reported in the in the press that the central funding is to be reduced by up to five figures over a three-month period. All clubs are affected. We're not sure why. We talked about investing in the infrastructure of Rugby League a few weeks ago. And I feel that might be what's happening here because with the way uh, Super League games are now to be broadcast Every game this this season, clubs will need to put infrastructure in their grounds uh, to be able to broadcast every week. Thoughts, Parker? Do you really want my thoughts on cool. this? I, I, I think it's incompetence at the very top level again. I think the fact we've got a reduction in television money when every other sport is getting more money thrown at it to be on TV, is it, I, I can't get my head around it. Why, why can the Rugby League not bring in any more sponsors to, to make up this deficit? Why is it the clubs and the fans that are going to suffer for this? This is, this is what I don't understand. We, we, at the end of the day, we're the ones now who don't have that money that we need. We, we live hand-to-mouth every single week. And then they tell us at the end of the season, when all these contracts are signed with players for next season, mm. oh, by the way, you're not getting this much. But, well, sorry, what are we supposed to do now? It's... The game is shrinking because of these people. They're, they're just not good enough at what they do. How, how you can renegotiate a TV deal and get less money is beyond me. It really is. I, I'm blown away. And I think they finally done the accounting from the World Cup and realised that they did a very, very poor job of that and lost a fortune. And now they're going, well, we've got, we owe this, we owe that, we've got to pay this. We better draw some money back off people. That's the way I see it. And again, I can only blame them at the top of the game. They're spoiling the game. They're ruining it. And now this reduction will will reduce the quality of player that can be brought in to clubs as well because they haven't got that money. Maybe someone had another marquee signing coming in from Australia that they've now had to go, probably can't afford him now. What do we do? We're not going to see these top quality players. We're not going to be able to afford them. And all the squads will shrink. It's, it's just really, it's okay if you've got a mega rich benefactor and you can go, all right, it's only 100 grand maybe we're not getting this year. I'll pump that in. I'll keep us afloat. And Uncle Derek or whatever. For those clubs who don't have it, <clears throat> what happens then? And, and also, how's this trickle down? How do, how, how do teams like Hunslet and, and Rochdale fare out of this? What happens to their funding? Is theirs been reduced as well? Because if it has, these clubs are on the verge of going bust mm. and we, the game is in big trouble and the people at the top and IMG who are supposed to be sorting all this out really need to have a look at themselves. Yeah, I think, like Parky said, there is frustration, Paul, but we're going from two TV games a week to six TV games a week. A week. All the mm. technology that comes with that, they say five figures. I've done a bit of calculation. If it's going to cost them... 
grand each per club. Sky would get 18 grand to buy kit. If it was 50 grand each, it would be 91 grand each. And if it was 90 grand, it would be like nearly a million quid. So it's probably going to be in that scale. But they've got to buy maybe four or five uh, kits aren't they to keep them rotating if they're going to buy six and not 12 if you get 12 then it's double in it because everybody has to have a kit and keep a kit what's your thoughts on that well firstly my i've got a few thoughts my thoughts on the img i'm not sure about because i don't my question is then maybe what do you about rugby league at which way are you going to take rugby league what do you about the history of rugby league and then, as far as i'm concerned it's nothing as the rfl and the people who work there who are these people never see them Never seem accountable. They always, it's, to me, it's like uh, when you, you leave school and you get a, a, bit, of a bit of a job, like, I don't know, like a, you work a part-time job somewhere, you're working in a bit of an office and you doss about and you clock-watching all day and spend your money on beer and all that. The people at the RFL, they're like them people working in office and just fart about, just photocopying themselves and they photocopied mm. on that all day. Because what did they do? Because it, it just seems ridiculous to me the way things go on. TV deal and stuff like that. It's so amateurish. Everything's amateurish. The World Cup was amateurish the way it was all organised and that. Nothing's... Oh, I don't know. It just... It riles me. It really does the way the game's run. But you, you, I can't come on here and be like dead negative about it because it, it's a rugby league podcast, isn't it? But that's the way it seems to me. And then you, The way the whole game has been run for the last 20 years has been amateurish, I think. And it... It's difficult to, to, to go on about it, but sponsorships and things like that, the way the way the league sponsors and the way it's all structured, and that, it just seems to me like it's all off the cuff all the time. Everything that happens, and oh, we'll get this big knight in shining armour coming in this IMG. They'll sort all our problems out and sort everything out. Will it though? I mean, what what's going to happen? It's it's like all this, like we're going to stop relegation now and all that, and no nobody knows what's going to happen though. In rugby league, you never know from one season to another what's going to happen. In football. You finish in the bottom three, you get relegated. You finish in the top three of that league, you get promoted. In rugby league, it's all oh, hang on a minute because Leeds Rhinos are finishing at the bottom. We'll change the rules now to suit them. And that's the thing that happens in rugby league. And that's why the sport's not taken serious by the public, by the general public. And that's why it's not spread around the country because people down south probably look at it and think, gosh, I like Mickey Mouse sport, that. They change the rules, they do this, they do that to suit that team, to suit that team. And that's the way, that's the way it's running. It's Mickey Mouse. It really is Mickey Mouse sometimes, and it's frustrating. But when you love it like we do, you just defend it and just get on with it, don't you? Because it's the norm, and that's what happens. But I just don't know whether this IMG will be the the saviour that everybody's expecting it to be. Because I don't see how you save something that's failing. I just hope this cut, this cost cutting reduction is just going towards infrastructure and getting these these TVs at every every game installed correctly and everyone has the the same benefits on being on TV. If it goes on somewhere else then they might not be, I'll be furious but it makes sense if the clubs are all feeling the burn because we talked about it didn't we about investing in the infrastructure and how it's going to affect everybody and clubs are going to have to take a hit which they have done and players probably will have to take a hit because the clubs can't pay them as much as they should want to because they haven't got the money in the, the pot to do it, park it but we'll have to wait and see we haven't got any official confirmation on that, but it kind of makes sense to me if that's what's happening. This is this is rugby league summed up this because like what you've just said there, right? Okay, so every every game's gonna have a screen next year, yeah, right. So they need more cameras at great games. They need this, that, and the other. Do you not plan this? 
Do you not think we're going to do this and this is what it costs? Like you would if you want to do some home decorating. You go, right, I need that, but that's going to cost that and that's going to cost that. Let's let's cost, let's have a look at what it is and what the process is. Rather than going at the end of the season, do you know what? Next year, everything's on, on going to be going to be filmed. We're going to have it screening every ground. Problem is, you're paying for it. Yeah. But no, that's not how it works. That's not how it should work. This is how amateur the game is. Well, we've had an idea. Here's what we'll do. Well, let's do it the year after. Let's get that money together. Let the RFL bring that money in. And then Super League can do that. But no, it doesn't work like that. Let's find a sponsor for it. Let's find a sponsor for the equipment. Let's give them a bit of publicity. We'll get a bit knocked off. It'll be cheaper. No, let's not do any of that. Let's just throw it at clubs and make them do it. And then go, you're paying for the honour. What? No, no, the sport works like this. It's, I've said it for years. It's like a working men's club. Some committee in a working men's club just saying, oh, fire doors broke. Oh, well, I'll get Jim to fix it. For No, not Jim to fix it. That's not right. <laughs> Don't worry, no. <laughs> that, that, forget that bit. We'll cut that. But no, you know, at the end of the day, that's the way it's run, isn't it? That's what's happening here. This decision's come in and we're going to go next year. You're all on You're all on screening ground. Who's paying for it? What? Well, you are obviously. So you've made this decision. Don't make us do it. Ridiculous. That's that's rugby. That's rugby league being run again by amateurs. That's mm. all it is. To, to be fair, the clubs aren't paying for it. They're just not getting as much money as they used to get. Basically. They're paying for it. <laughs> They're paying for it. Okay. Because it's coming <laughs> off their money. Their money's going back to the RFL to pay for this. True. So they are paying for it. In a roundabout way. Yeah, you are right. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Other news, Callum Watkins selected for Super League Dream Team. Captain Fantastic for us, top player. Well deserving of that Super League Dream Team spot, Paul. Oh, definitely, yeah. If you look at Callum's stats and you watch him week in, week out and see what he does, he he holds the team together, doesn't he? The amount of work he gets through and... I think Parky's probably his, he'll sing his praises, won't he? And he's absolutely spot on. I think he's the guy who's his class. We see him when he comes off every week. He's always got a smile on his face. He's a professional. He's been around professional environments all his career. And I think he brings that that mentality to Salford and rubs that off on the team. And I'd have no qualms about him being in that team whatsoever. I mean, you look at his stats, as I said, tackling every week, the amount of work he puts in. Top player, top, top player. And it's just a shame... We didn't get him for sort of five years younger because he's probably not getting any, any. He's not getting any younger now as his career's progressing, but he still be first one on the team sheet every week. I, I'd say next season, and uh, he's a privilege to have in the team. He really is, and yeah, I, I was really delighted to see him in that that dream team because he deserves it. Yeah, Parker, this is your moment with uh, <laughs> Calla Watkins. Tell us why he deserves his spot in the uh, Super League dream team. I I don't have to say anything for a change. Because this is picked by his peers, by the people who, who play against him and who watch him every week, who know exactly what he offers. People said, again, on social media, how's he got in there? If you watch Callum Watkins week in, week out, the effort he puts in, he's a proper leader, a real leader. And I don't, he doesn't have to say anything. His actions speak for themselves. He's brilliant with the ball in hand. He's got great skills, which he always had. We know that. I mean, he's an international centre, even last year in the World Cup. He's tackling, he's, he's unbelievable. He's in everything. I've said it, how many times have I said this year? I thought he was all over the pitch. He was in every tackle. He, he is, that's who he is. And I'm sure off the pitch and in training, he's, a, he's an absolute honour to be with. A real ambassador for us as, as skipper and, and a man for the club. 
I'm just delighted for him. I think for me, I know Ryan Briley was <clears throat> at the end of the game last week was given, I think, every award under the sun. I think he got an Oscar at one point. But for me, Callum Watkins is still my player of the year. I, I, I've got, I just, I just love watching him. His professionalism just shines. So, yeah, just full of praise for the man. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see if he wins ass. Still got to tune in and find out. Other news, the Reds rise together. Got an email today looking to fill positions in the subcommittees. Paul, in business, in community, in fandom, in match day. Opportunity for people to join them committees and feed ideas into the club to make every aspect of the club better. Yeah, it all sounds a bit complicated, that for me, but I'm sure there are people who want to fill them roles. And I suppose there's, there's probably people who do jobs and things like that where they can bring in their expertise and, and stuff like that, can't they, and bring it towards the, the club. So I, I, I'm probably not going to comment much on it because I don't really know a lot about it. But, but yeah, I'm sure it's, it's a good idea. Yeah. Parky, for me, this is the most important part of the whole thing. Yeah, you've shut your 100 quid in, you've helped the club out, but you have an opportunity to sit on a board or, or in a group and help and make the club better in a certain area, uh, which is priceless. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of fans who have got a lot of knowledge about various things, like Paul said, in their own day-to-day roles will we'll do certain things. Uh, or have an idea of how they, they want things to be run, or we'll have experiences at, at football grounds and at, even at rugby league grounds of how you see, you've seen other clubs do things and why don't we do this? This is a great chance. So, as I say, I don't think I think the fans have been ignored for far too long in many ways. And I, I know it's easy to say from the outside, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Why don't we sign, I don't know, whoever you want, Daily Chair Evans or whatever? It's easy to think of these things, but actually. The, the, the actual groundwork needs to be done. And there are a lot of people who ask questions, especially on social media. Well, get involved. If you've got an idea, give it, let them have it. The only thing I don't know, do, do you have to be, do, do they have to be a shareholder or is it, I don't, I don't know quite how this works. Well, is it just open? I'm not, I'm not 100%. Yeah. It I just does don't want say, to cut people off that yeah. may have great, great knowledge and great ideas. Yeah. It says, any owners interested in part of a subcommittee? Yeah. Noted on the email, 22nd of August, contact joanne.hawkins at salfordreddevils.net. So I suppose you have to be an owner to be involved. It's a voluntary role, you don't get paid for it, but you're doing it for the love of the club. That's the name of the game, Packer. Yeah, yeah, well, I think we've all, at some point in our time, done something. Well, we, I mean, we do this, I suppose, but in the past, <laughs> it was painting the barriers at the willows and things like that, and just, just random things. Oh boy, we've all done things for the club that because you know, we love the club. So yeah, it's another chance for somebody to to get involved. And who knows, they may come up with an absolute jackpot idea that nobody's thought of and can, can you know take the club forward. I know. Speaking with my uh, sister-in-law, funnily enough, this week she's had a, an unbelievable idea through healthcare, which can help the, the community, which hopefully the club can get involved with. I know she's approached them, and I think John Blackburn's taking it up. So. Yeah, there are people out there who have great ideas that you just you wouldn't even think of. Yeah, big game for the ladies' masters uh, this weekend. Parker, Goldborn and Folly v Lee and Leyland. Mm. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Hopefully, they'll get a good crowd down there. At, uh, blue ribbon pitches. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, the masters. It's very confusing when you watch it. I'll be honest because we've all got different coloured charts on. Some do full tackle. Some do grab. Some do. 
how you make your mind up that quick, I don't know, but it's it's really good. It's, it is really good. Lee and Leyland have got some some good players. I know one of the I think one of the Leyland girls is ex Irish international, played for I think she played for Saints or something or Warrington or someone. So a lot of girls who've got to that age where they don't want to play for a club in, in that way anymore. And now they move on to Masters rugby. It's brilliant. So if anyone's obviously interested in getting involved, getting down to, to Folly or Goldbourne or wherever your local club is that's got got it running. Uh, and get involved. It's it is it's it's absolutely brilliant. So yeah, I'll be I'll be there on uh, on Saturday morning cheering them on. And uh, I know there's a there's a number of girls Salford fans who are who are involved who are playing. So yeah, I'll go and go and cheer them on. He'll be scouting. That's what he's doing. Uh, Paul, don't <laughs> let him tell you any different. Scouting for girls. Eh, scouting like. for girls. For the for, for Chris Bates. I found one. I found a talent. Get signed for twenty twenty four. Yeah, no, it sounds good. That sounds really good. Doesn't it? Is your is your wife playing that parky as well? She is. She is full yeah, full tackle because uh, she's a bit daft. But yeah, <laughs> you can't like, so you don't have to, you, any level of experience or anything. If you don't want to get tackled, you just grab her or be grabbed or take him and be taken. It's that for everyone. Really, really good. The only thing is, there's no point scouting because I think most of these girls have to be over a. <clears throat> A certain age, I won't. <laughs> I won't divulge that because it's not. It's not something we we're allowed to do. But yeah, it's, it is good. It's good fun, and it, it keeps them fit. And the, the the great thing about it is the social side as well. It, that festival over at Blackpool that we went to not long ago was. It was brilliant. Afterwards, they all went back to this cricket club, and it was a big open marquee, and the, the beer was flowing. It, great, and everyone just gets on and has a laugh, like rugby league should be. Yeah. So obviously you want to get involved, get yourselves down there. Um, I'm sure there'll be people there you, that can get you involved for, for, for games to come. Um, is there any other news that we've missed, boys, do you reckon? Anything crossing your mind? Hurry up, because mm. my battery's going. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, there's not an player that might leave us. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's finish with that. Brodie Croft um, yeah, leads have offered a six-figure transfer fee for him. And started off with Sky Sports announcing that he was going to Lee uh, and dropping it on uh, Paul Rowley's lap on Sky. He wasn't too happy about that. Paul just shoved it off. But it's been a mad couple of days uh, for Salford. Well, it just shows you how amateur Sky Sports are, to be honest. I think it showed them up for what they are. I thought that I watched the Channel 4 presentation on Saturday. I think it was. And I think theirs is miles better than, than Sky I just think for someone like that, Jenna Brooks, to say something like that, I mean, I've nothing personal against her, but I, I mean, I, I, anyone could say that, couldn't they? Oh, such a body's going somewhere, or we've signed such a body, or well, there's a rumour that this is going round, there's a rumour that the hot dogs are £2.50 at one, who cares about rumours? It's a load of garbage. I mean, would you get that in football on Sky Sports? Oh, there's a rumour flying around here that City are signing such a body from you. They wouldn't say that. It's just, I think it's Sky sometimes that they bring the game into disrepute with a bumbling on the, the commentary and oh, it's, it's absolute garbage. I was talking to you before about Andrew Moore what, doing the, the Aussie stuff. Their commentator's absolutely superb compared to ours. But no, I thought it was poor. I thought it was poor to come out with that. And I think there's some story come out, as Matthew Shaw put something on today, he's going to Leeds. He says, anybody can say that, can't they? I can say, I'm signing for Leeds. You know, anybody can come up with a rumour, can't they? So... I don't believe any of this stuff till it's till it's true. And I think Brody Croft did his missus put something on Instagram or something like that saying mm. he's not going to Lee or it's the first they've heard of it. So I don't know. But the worrying thing is, I think sometimes you 
there's dull smoke without fire, is it? And you, you think, where's it come from? That do we need to sell him? Or, and then obviously there's this email come out today. If you come out a few hours after, so that's probably added fuel to the fire, hasn't it? But for me personally, I, I don't listen to rumours and stuff like that. If player's going to go, he's going to go, and that's up to him, isn't it? But uh, I thought that whole Sky thing was a bit, it's a bit cringeworthy, really. And when they, uh, Paul, I think Paul Rowley thought that as well. You see the way he batted it off. I think Paul Rowley's bigger than that. He's a, he doesn't suffer fools, Paul Rowley. I mean, me and you have been in a few press conferences with him, haven't we? And mm. people have asked him stupid questions, and <laughs> he normally tells him, doesn't he? So puts him in the place. So, so yeah, I thought it was a bit daft by Sky. Yeah, I think we're dealing with it. I'm going to call it crisis management and managing the fallout at the moment, Parky. Obviously, with the initially with the Lee rumor, Paul Rowley put it dead. But Paul King was on Twitter, kind of not really entertaining it. And obviously, this this email that's come out today. So all the owners who have got that, our understanding of of what the situation is. Obviously, if you're an owner, you've got that email, what the score is. And I think it's just a matter of obviously managing the expectations uh, of of fans and supporters and players on on where we are going. We don't know what the future holds for the club. The club probably don't know what the future holds regarding what kind of funding they're going to get from the RFL and every other aspect which helps fund the club. They're in a bit of a mix at the moment, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But I suppose it's just a matter of keeping calm and not panicking because panic will make it worse. Yeah, I've got several things to think of this. I mean, if if Brody goes, I'll be obviously disappointed. He's a, he's a quality player. He's a special player. People, like Paul said before, people said, oh, he's not been that good this year. He's the only player outside of the top six teams to get in the top ten of try assists this year. So he did something, right? His tackling, again, was, was brilliant, as Paul mentioned earlier. But anyway, look, the whole thing with Sky was a joke. Why, why did he mention it? Some people weren't even playing. If we were playing, I could understand they brought this up. Or whatever. They, they haven't mentioned that Cervelio's left Hull today and signed for Huddersfield. That that was a rumour. What? Why? Why? What? Was he mad? Is it because who's involved? Was it a personality like Derek? Well, no, because he wasn't going to Lee. So she's got that wrong. So she just heard wrong and heard Lee and not Leeds. Is that is that where? It's Why speculate? It's got nothing to do with anybody else. What happens? It hasn't happened yet. When it goes through, I expect it to be big news. If it goes through, if he signs for Leeds. I expect him to be headlines because he's a, he's a Man of Steel player. He's a brilliant player and he's going to a big club. Brilliant. We'll get a load of till out of it. Excellent. We, it might help us stay alive for another year. Who knows? It might cover the cost of this deficit that we've got. But at the same, the same point, I don't want to lose our best players. Of course I don't. But if it comes between losing a player and losing a club, there's only one winner. Yeah. Players come and go. I, I love I love Brody. I think he's brilliant. I think he's been great for the club. I think he's a great personality. But did we honestly think when he signed an eight-year deal or whatever it was, which wasn't really an eight-year deal, was it? But that we hadn't done that to kind of trap him into <laughs> not trap it him, but trap other teams into having to pay lots of money for him because we knew at some point somebody was going to come in for him, like they did with Jack or like they did with Benny Murdoch, Missilla, like they do with all our top players. At some point, someone was going to make a bid. If anyone was under any illusion that that wasn't going to happen, then I'm sorry, you're living in cloud cuckoo land. We 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 covered our backs. We did the right thing. We said, if, if he goes to Australia, there's a buyout clause. That's how much that is. 
if he's going to go to a Super League club, I'm sure there's a buyout clause, and I'm sure it's a lot bigger. So, for me, if he goes, I sound like Ivan Drago here, but if he goes, he goes. I don't want him to. I'd love to keep him. I'd love to keep all our best players, but the reality is that because of things out of our control, the money that's been taken away or not supplied means there's a knock-on effect, and unfortunately, our highest player player's going to have to go. Hmm. And it's sad, it's really, because we were we were building some. Why I've always said we are an opportunity club, and it's a circle of life. Elton John had it right. We provide opportunity for for players to to play at Super League level. They develop. We are, we reward them with a, a contract. They get to Super League level, and then if they are good enough, they go to the next level and they move on. But we get tiller for them, and that's how this club survives until circumstances change. Really, I feel that the, the sport has let us down really this time, Paul. But we are where we are. Like Parky said, really do hope we find a way of keeping Brodie Croft because for me, he's, he is top top class defensively. You're probably the best standoff we've had in, in my eyes. But also, like I say, he's, a, he's an attacking threat. Man of Steel, it would be a big hole to fill. But we've had big holes before. We've had Jackson Hastings. We've had Dobson. We've had Gavin Clinch. People go and we get the next opportunity in. Yeah, well, sport and, and life is like that, I suppose, isn't it? You, your cards are set and you play that hand to win, don't you? And it's whatever whatever means necessary. And if you've got to sell somebody to, to keep your, your club afloat, you do that, don't you? You do what's best for, for your club. And at the end of the day, the way I look at it is we've not got anybody ploughing loads of money in. So how the hell can we afford to to challenge the top size like the Saints and Wigan? And that? You can't. You can't do that when you've not got hardly any money. Those days have gone. I mean, think back to years ago when you had teams like Featherstone and teams like that. Probably didn't have loads of money. It was a pit village. All local lads playing for you. Derby County did it at football, didn't they? Come up through the leagues and probably didn't spend a load of money, but but won the, the first division and think Nottingham Forest did it with a European Cup, didn't they? Them things don't happen anymore now because money dictates everything in life, doesn't it? And as good as we're going to be, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to win the Super League with the finances that we've got. I mean, yeah, you might get close, but you'd be pretty rare to, to go out and win something, wouldn't you? So you've got to cut your cloth, haven't you? And I don't know how, how much longer we can stay at that level for it. I'd like to think we can we can still stay there, but if you can't, you can't. And, and the club is more important than a player. At the end of the day, I support solve a rugby league club, not Brodie Croft. As long as Brodie Croft's a solve a player, I'll back him all the way. But as soon as he goes and he moves on, he might not want to move on. But he might have to move on. You don't know. You don't know what goes on. All this stuff about people now saying, I'm an owner. I need to know all this. No, you don't. You don't own anything. You're a supporter. The same as us. And 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 really, we should be telling the listeners about that email. I mean, that email shouldn't just be for people who put their own quid. And that email's for everybody. We're all supporters of this club. We all back this club. We all buy our tickets and, and what have you. And I think you've just got to accept that. People are questioning things all the time, aren't they, on social. People moan about everything on there, don't they? But... It's a rugby league club and that's sport and that's how it works and you, you want to see the club going. The club can't afford to keep people and go under, can they? No one's mm. going to do that. 
So I think whatever happens, happens. We all stick together and we get on with it like we have done for the last God knows how long. And, and that's how I look at it. Yeah, we lost seven players during the season. Parker, the reason we didn't make the playoffs because we ran out of bodies. Really, we need 10. But we talked about earlier in the podcast, lack of funding, central funding's gone down, other aspects of, of funding, not quite where we want them to be. Where are you going to get these 10 players from when with less money? Well, you're not here. It's, it's simple. You go to the championship and leave one and see what you can, you can find. But they're, they're, a lot of them are there for... Re- I know there is a lot of good players down there, a lot of good talent, but a lot of them players are at that level because they're at that level. They're not Super League players. So I, I think, look, we, we need we need a knight in shining armour, don't we? We need somebody to come in who's who's got the, the, the club at heart, who's got more money than sense in many ways because... It's a crazy thing to do to throw your money at something, but that that's the only way we got, we're going to progress. Otherwise, it is going to be every year. It's going to be a, a scramble. It's going to be, can we pay the bills? Can we keep the lights on? Until other things are sorted with the stadium and uh, we need bigger sponsorship, we need more fans, but it all goes hand in hand. You're not Fans aren't just going to turn up if your team's no good. You know what I mean? You need, if, you, if you keep Brodie Croft and then bring in another top marquee player, People go, oh, hang on a minute. I like that. If you're losing your Brody Croft, who is your marquee player, really, then it's a bit, people are going, I, I probably won't bother. I'll, I'll wait and see what happens. That's that's the problem you've got. So what comes first, chicken or egg? We need we need money, but how do you get the money? Mm. And it makes you wonder so, what Brody Croft's thinking. Because obviously, he seems happy here at Salford. One man of steel at Salford. Got Mark Sneed as his, as his partner in crime. He's, he's quite a nice guy. Everyone quite likes him. Yeah. And obviously, like you say, is Leeds the right option? We all know what the situation is at Leeds. NRL is where he wants to go. That's where he sees himself in the future. Parky, when he gets the opportunity, it's, it's a difficult situation for him as well, really. Well, you have to ask Blake Austin, Aidan Caesar, Tui Lola Haya, people like that, what they think of being at Leeds. Uh, a bit, Leeds is very much like the RFL for me. He's just run by idiots. A massive club, huge support, loads of money. Great academy, everything else, and yet somehow seems to fail. Not not really sure how. But again, how much say has Brody got? He's got to play rugby league. If someone's going to pay his wage, you, you go where the money is. It's simple as that. I, I've got, if Brody goes and plays for Leeds, as much as the fact that he'll be playing for Leeds, will he? Good luck to him. He's been brilliant for us, and hit the money we get for him might save my club anyway. So, in, in many ways, he becomes a hero. It's, it's a ridiculous statement, but. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'd be disappointed, obviously, to see him go. Like, I, I was disappointed to see Jacko go and players before that. But that's what happens. That is where we're at. And unless somebody's listening to this podcast now or knows somebody who's got a few million quid, they fancy chucking at it, these things aren't going to change. Mm. Opportunity Club, Paul, that's what we are. And like I said before, it's a circle of life. And that's where we are at the moment. Final thoughts? Well, that, I think that's what you're always going to be, unless you've got that that financial clout. It's that's that's life. That's how all sport works. You look at football, your lower sides and that, your Brentfords and that. They're never going to win a Premier League because they can't compete with the likes of Manchester City and, and teams like that because you're not going to be able to. So it's quite obvious that. And I think if you're a Salford supporter and you you think, oh, we're going to sign ten players in the off season, we're going to challenge, we're going to do this. Well, you need your head testing because. 
it's not going to happen. But I think another thing as well, I think the supporters deserve a pat on the back. I mean, because I know they do a lot. People buy season tickets. They, they've, they've invested money in the club as well. And the club are always coming after us, aren't they? Asking for money. And, and I think there's not many other clubs whose supporters have put their hands up like the Salford supporters do. So I think the supporters go above and beyond for this club. And I, I, I really admire that. But yeah, I'd love somebody to come along. There's probably a lot of people in the Salford area who've got a lot of money. Uh, famous people, business people. Do they care about Salford though? No, I don't think they do. Don't think they ever have done. So we'll have to just wait and see, won't we? If they don't come along, then it'll be us lot that keep the club club going. The people who are in charge now, but mainly the supporters, they're the lifeblood of the club. They're the ones who keep going. And no matter what league this club is in or where they play or whatever, you'll always have those loyal people behind them. And I think this club means an awful lot to us, doesn't it? And I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll all stick together and keep it going. Yeah, because that's what it is, Parky. All supporters, the club means everything, doesn't it? We'd, lo- we'd love to have a, an investor come in and throw a load of money at it who, who, who want it, want to be involved at the right reasons. But you find investors want to invest to get stuff back out of it. And the way the scenario we're in at the moment, we don't really have anything for them to, to take back out. No, I mean, it'd be nice to have a consortium of, of businesses, perhaps businessmen or women who own medium, small businesses to, to come together who've got the club at heart. That, that could work. But I, again, I don't know how it works now with the share ownership as well. I don't know. If you say, I've come along and I'm going to put 100 million in, and they say, well, yeah, but you get one share because everybody gets one share. You go, what, well, I get the same as that guy who's got 100 quid in. How does that work? I'm sorry, no, I'm putting millions into this club. So I don't know how that works now. Anyway, I just know that's not a route that's been cut off. So that could that could be clarified. But yeah, I think uh, it is a it is a tough one for us now. And and this this money's not not gonna not gonna appear. I don't think people are the people of Salford have never been overly invested in their club. <laughs> that's the problem. Us us who are fans, us mad three thousand, four thousand, whatever. Yes, we'd do more or less anything for the club. But further than that, wider, I don't think we've ever done enough to attract those people and make them feel that this is their club, this is where they should be, like other clubs have done, perhaps. So maybe for the past has, has held us back and, and we'll continue to do that. But we, we, we've just got to get on with it. We can't, we can't look at what we can't do. We've just got to look at what we can do. And if the club needs to rely on the fans, then if, if, if eventually we end up like Swinson or Oldham or Rochdale or whatever, that's where we're at. But it's us that will be there week in, week out, keeping the club afloat. Yeah, hopefully it won't get to that. But it might be difficult, obviously, with Super League and ever-expanding prices and players' wages and be difficult without that massive investor. But we are where we are. We fight till the end, Parker. Yeah, yeah, very much so. We're never, you're never gonna, we're never going to give up, are we? That's, that's the thing. It's, it's just in your blood. It's what you do. It's what I think about nearly all day. If I'm not thinking about the actual current team, I'm thinking about past players. I'm thinking about who did that, who, who set that record, who did that. See, that's who I am, and I know a lot of people are exactly the same. And I've had sex messages this week saying, "That's it. If this happens, I'm giving up. I'm not. I'm not buying a season ticket. I'm not doing that." I'm pretty much sure most of them people will still be there next year <laughs> because it's just what we do. We're just victims of this this cycle of of craziness. If you actually thought about it logically, you wouldn't turn up. But there is no logic in it. It's, it's love. It's like family, isn't it? Might let you down, but it's still yours at the end of the day. And I'll, I'll fight for that, that right. And I've said a thousand times, 
people, I'll call my club, I'll call my sport, other people aren't allowed to. You know what I mean? They can't, you, the, people from the outside can't have a go at my club. I can, but you can't. Simple as that. I think Parky's nailed it there, Paul. Yeah, I've seen people say that this week, and I think that's the last thing I'd ever want to do, is give up on my club, because your club needs you, and you need them. So it's like your brother in it, the yours, the your family. And I remember my dad saying to me, he was about five or six year old. He, he sort of said, it won't be easy this watching this team. So I've watched them a long time. It's not an easy ride. This you sure you want to do it? Oh yeah, you're a young kid. You're like, yeah, of course, Dad. I want to come here. I scarf. I want a bobble at half time and all that. And I have this conversation with our Imogen. And do you know what? I won't have it any other way. I won't want to win the Super League every season and get to the Challenge Cup final and, and go along and it'd be boring and, and, and just expect it and, and not appreciate it. I wouldn't want it to be like that. I like the ducking and diving and, and I've always enjoyed that. And I'm, and, and I'm like you, Robert, I've never seen Salford win a major trophy. I don't think you have either, Parky. It was probably just before you were born. So we, we haven't... No, I was sorry, I wasn't being rude then. I just I couldn't remember how old you were. But no, we've never seen that, have we? But we live to, we live to for that. That, that dream of one day of the old Dell and Rodney in it one day we're millionaires we'll get there and that's how I've always felt about Salford and, and, and I always want that in my life and yeah like like we've both just said there whatever league we end up in however the club ends up we're there supporting it so that's what it's all about for me and these people who want to take the ball home and say I'm not going anymore you do that then but I'm not doing that I'll still be there so yeah that, that's it for me yeah beautiful way to end this week's uh podcast old man parky yes yeah it's all Sorry, mate. anyway i was i was i was born the year we last won something well so yeah it never managed to win anything in my lifetime so it's it's all my fault and i'll take full responsibility for that i said it was a beautiful podcast parky <laughs> <laughs> yeah another great show paul Obviously, we've had lots to go at because we didn't do one last week. Great to to, to, mm. to talk about the club and get it all off your chest. Yeah, feel a lot better now, lads. I had a bit of a struggling day at work today. I had a few boilers that weren't playing weren't playing ball with me that I was struggling with. And then I come out of work and Mr. Ellaby had texted me about some email that I read and I thought, oh, good, that'll put me in a right <laughs> bad mood. So I needed a bit of counselling off you too. But no, nah, I feel all right. I mean, I'm the same as you two guys, daft as a brush. So I enjoyed the show. We did say we were going to do the Player of the Year awards, but we're on an hour and 45 minutes now, so I'm going to save it for next week. Parker, thoughts? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think, like I said, I said to you guys, well, I sent you a message earlier on saying, people say, you've got nothing good to say, don't say anything. And that's how I felt all day. Um, but I think I'm more than made up for it. Mm. So, yeah, no, look, it's, it's good to get it. It's never dull, is it? It's never dull. It's, that's that's the fun of being a, a Salford fan. It's never, it's very rarely positive, but it's never dull. So, but yeah, another great show. And like I say, you two have relaxed me now and made me feel a little bit better about life. And uh, the more I think about things, you just think, well, it is what it is, isn't it? Let's move on and get get to February. Yeah, there's always an opportunity. That's what you got to remember. So, 
Big thanks to joining us on this week's Devil in, the De- Devil in the Detail. Big thanks for funding us via the Kofi, allowing us to get the, the programmes to help us produce this podcast for you to enjoy. Big thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon for more Salford, De- Rolf Salford, Red Devil chat on your Devil in the Detail.